When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Back with Inside Purple and Gold, Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani on Odyssey's Vikings podcast. Dane, we're, we're through the sleep cycles. I think we've gotten our bases covered on that pretty thoroughly. I think 10 minutes was enough. Uh, let's get into the actual football that will take place. And, you know, grogginess aside, we've got this Vikings offense that has kind of been sputtering. Uh, certainly has shown that it can perform when it has to, like it did in the fourth quarter against Detroit. Against the Saints defense that I think these units are similar in that the Saints defense thought of as like one of the better units in the NFL coming into the season. Vikings offense, at least locally, thought of as one of the better units in the NFL coming into the season. And I don't think either has lived up to expectation, frankly. Um, both have probably disappointed to some degree. Uh, I know the Saints, like it's the Saints have been set up poorly by their offense. Maybe you could say the Vikings defense has done the same to the offense. Uh, but how do you see this stacking up now and what should be strength versus strength, but is two units that have been kind of average versus average? Yeah, I, I look at the Vikings offense as something that, like like you said, they've, they've left a lot to be desired so far. And this is an opportunity, as is the game as a whole, but like to kind of just prove that, like, all right, we're really starting to figure it out. We're a month into the season now. Um, there was always going to be growing pains, right? Like this, we talked about how complex the Vikings offense was in, in the lead up to the regular season. I think when you really think about it, it, it kind of makes sense that, that there's been a little bit of like a hangover after such a good week one. Like, was it always going to look this good? I don't know. But I think when you go up against a Saints team like this, like there is an opportunity to take a step forward from an offensive standpoint and also show like from Kevin O'Connell's standpoint and perspective that like he is capable of making adjustments on the fly. Like we, we've talked a lot about Justin Jefferson's usage, um, how, how to get him the ball more. I think a big part of this game plan, regardless of like how much continuity the saints defense has, like, like you said, they've underperformed a little bit this year. Um, but still a lot of players who have been together for a long time on that saints defense, um, with Dennis Allen, obviously leading the charge, former defensive coordinator, now head coach. Um, it's a tough task this week, but I think a big part of this is going to be like, can Kevin O'Connell, make these in-season adjustments to, you know, obviously people are playing Justin Jefferson differently than the, than the Packers played them in week one. Well, it worked in week two against the Eagles and worked in week three against the Lions. You probably have a pretty good idea how the Saints are going to play Justin Jefferson. You probably don't know their exact game plan, but you know how they're going to take try and take him away. Find ways to, to beat that. 
Um, and like we have also talked about, like some of this comes down to Justin Jefferson winning. Um, but I think this is an opportunity for, for a Vikings offense that has been rather underwhelming at this point. And, and the man in charge of this Vikings offense, Kevin O'Connell, to, to kind of show like, okay, we're able to kind of adjust on the fly and, and, and move forward um, in that way. I'm interested to see how, how Justin Jefferson's used this week, because frankly, like getting him watching, watching him get beat the last two weeks is, is just kind of an abnormal experience watching the Vikings play. Um, so I don't expect that again, but I, I'm interested to see how they work to get him the ball. Yeah, it is kind of like a, he's going through like a murderous row of, of like elite corners. Um, you know, like we've seen Darius Slay, uh, Jeff Okuda, and now Marshawn Lattimore. Like this, these are like all top tier, like shadow worthy corners. Um, Marshawn Lattimore basically frustrated Mike Evans to the point where Evans got in a fight and got himself suspended a week two. Um, I don't expect Justin Jefferson to come to any blows, but like, I definitely think that the saints could employ something similar, but I will say like, just from a coaching psychology kind of thing, I've seen this enough in like the NBA and whatnot, just because something works for it against a team does not mean that every team will employ it the same way. Um, some teams are like, we don't do that. We do this. Um, even if it's not the best strategy, but I do think like if the saints wanted to go Lattimore shadowing Jefferson and then a bracket on top of that, like, it would be difficult for the Vikings to get Justin Jefferson, like heavily making the focal point of the offense. Like they could kind of, I think, take him out of the game again. Like other teams have done. Um, it kind of is on Kirk cousins and the other weapons to expose that, um, to find other ways to beat that, but do it more efficiently. Um, I do wonder like the saints defense for like, as what it's given up this year, it has been very good against the pass um, and not good against the run. So I'm kind of interested like, first off, Dalvin Cook didn't practice Wednesday. No surprise there. I don't know if he's practicing today, Thursday. Do you think Dalvin Cook plays this week? I don't think Dalvin Cook plays this week. Like, I, I think at, like, he's done, he's, he suffered this injury before. He dislocated his shoulder. Sounds super painful. Um, I'm sure it is super painful, but he knows, like, like, he knew, I asked him the other day, like, did you know it was the same injury? He's like, of course I knew it was the same injury. Um, could you have come back in the game? Like, no, because I can't play the way I want to play when when I have a dislocated shoulder. Understandable. Um, I'm glad he realized he that about, because there have been other times where he plays and he has it and he cannot and he looks super ineffective. Right, just like tentative. Like how how can you really hit the hole if your shoulder's dangling? Like the even Browns if you pop game plays. Yeah, terrible. and like even like the blitz pickups in, in that game. Like he, he watching him try and like like you can't really get your mind to go stand in and pick up like a free blitzer when, when your shoulders just like killing you. So maybe that's growth on his point stand from, from his perspective. I don't expect him to play and I, I don't expect him to play because it's week four. And look, I, I, a lot of times when injuries like this happen, guys are like, well, it can't get any worse. Like, you know, it's just, it's like a pain tolerance thing. Like, no, it can get worse. Like it, it's your shoulder. Like it's a chronic shoulder thing that you probably want to let heal up. I know it's probably going to dislocate again. I know he wasn't wearing the brace on Sunday. Like, like he's done in the past. I know if this was the playoffs and you could brace it up and, and, and he'd probably be operating at 80%, but like, what is the point of like, going in not 100%, running the risk of re-injuring yourself again. And I know this isn't a soft tissue injury. It's like a it's a literal like dislocation, but like this is going to linger. Um so why not take care of it now early in the season with hopes of being like 
better, 100%, um, 90%, I don't know, moving forward, especially when you have a guy like Alexander Madison. Look, I don't think Alexander Madison is some amazing dynamic talent at the running back position, but I think he's good. Like, I think he's good enough, and I think he can do the things that Dalvin Cook can do to a degree. I don't think the Vikings offense has to change when he's in the game. So if you have the luxury of having a backup like that, then yeah, he's probably better. Him at 100% is probably better than Dalvin at 75. So I, I think long-windedly, no, I don't think Dalvin's going to play this week. He did not practice yesterday. I would honestly be a little surprised if he t- practiced today. And, and just listening, kind of reading between the lines of, of listening to Kevin O'Connell talk, like, it sounds like he's holding out hope that he's going to play on Sunday. They're going to let him make the trip to London. He's going to fly out with the team today. Dalvin cook is, but when you ask him about like Kevin O'Connell yesterday was asked, like, how do you, how do you feel about guys not practicing and playing on Sunday? And he was like, well, it really helps to have guys get that work in. So I think when, when, when you hear someone say it, something like that, like, Kevin O'Connell's basically couching like, okay, if Dalvin doesn't practice this week, he's probably not going to play. Um, all in all, I don't think he plays this week, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for the Vikings um, if he's not going to be at 100% anyway. Yeah, I agree. I just think, like, if you probably know he's not going to play, if it's like 10%, then don't have him make the trip. Like, if we're still worried about week five, and then maybe leave Dalvin Cook at home so he actually can, like, maintain his schedule and not, like, go on this flight and have jet lag and whatnot. And he can just be totally fresh when you come back. Um, I understand like keeping the team together and know oh, he has a chance to play maybe, but it just doesn't make sense to me. I think not playing makes a ton of sense in this game. Um, yeah. We saw him like strap that shoulder harness device, whatever the heck it was against Pittsburgh last year and just destroy uh, the Steelers. But there have been so many times where he's played poorly with this shoulder thing. Um, and it's not looked anything like himself. So sit it out, let Madison play. But I do think, that is a downgrade. Like people want to talk about Alexander Madison is Dalvin Cook. Like he's not. Uh, he's he's worse. Uh, he's a he's a good backup running back. Um, but I do think this would be a matchup where you'd like to rely on your running game. Um, I think Minnesota's offense is often going to have to rely on its running game to set up the pass. As much as people don't like that, um, it does seem like just kind of the way that it has to be with this offensive line, this quarterback, and everything. Like that's where they're most comfortable. That's where the Saints, I think, can be beaten. Um, and I do think Madison will be a less effective version of that. Um, I, I, I'm sure I would say Alexander Madison has a nice day on the ground. I don't think it would be the same day that Dovin Cook would have. Um, so I do think that's a little bit of a downgrade for Minnesota offensively, which probably factors into Minnesota's chances to win this game, frankly. Um, not to say they can't win with Alexander Madison, but it's not the same odds as if Dovin Cook was playing. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I, I I always go back to like, training camp when when people did want to trade alexander madison though like you'd rather have him right now than ty chandler like and i think that's like undoubtedly true um regardless of how uh, how good he is on the spectrum of of running back elites in 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 the nfl he's not near the top of that list not even really close um but like you said, he's, he's a serviceable backup. He's someone who you can, who can come in and and be relied upon, you know, to do the job, albeit worse than, than Dalvin cook. That's, that's not a knock necessarily on Alexander Madison. Like Dalvin cook's really good. And Alexander Madison is just not as good as Dalvin cook. Um, I, I think it's going to, you're right. Like hurt their ability 
to, to establish that run in, in the same way. I think you can be committed to the run. I just think like the chunk plays the, you know, what could be like a 12 yard run for Dalvin cook. Cause he, the way he hits the hole or makes someone miss is maybe like a four yard run for Alexander Madison. Uh, a lot was made about Madison's four starts last year. He had good numbers in his two starts for Dalvin cook early in the, in the, early last season in 2021 i think he had like he was a bell cow in those games like 25 carries in both of them i think he went for like 115 ish or 120 like that's still not that good of a yards per carry average and and we saw him start twice later in the season and really struggle like really struggle with the yards per carry it's he's not this dynamic guy who's going to come in and just be like you know, you, you look at Tony Pollard with, with the Dallas Cowboys. Like, you watch him play, and you're like, wow, he's, he might be better than Zeke. Uh, you don't watch the Alexander Mad- Madison play and say, like, wow, he might be better than Dalvin Cook. He is what he is, um, but I think the Vikings are at least happy to have him along for the ride, um, happy to have him, you know, in place, in year four, capable of doing the things that Dalvin Cook does in this offense so you don't have to, like, completely turn everything on its head when he's out. Yeah, we just harped on this so much, but because I do think like running the ball is how you're going to beat the Saints team. Like the secondary is pretty solid. They've got Lattimore, they've got Matthew. Um, it's it's that's like a strength of it. Um, I, the Saints defensive line is pretty good, but the linebacker corpse is not good. That also leads to a pretty solid running game. Like I do think this is a game where if the Vikings want to win, they're probably going to have to run for. 125, 130, 140 yards, and that's kind of what the Saints have given up. Um, that's the formula for success. Uh, control the ball, um, set your defense up a little bit better this time around. Like I know like we want to see like an, a more fluid air it out offense that we were promised basically, um, or at least set our own sights on maybe promise to ourselves, but I don't think this is the week for that anyway. Um, I think if you do that, you're probably setting up Kirk cousins and company for failure and you're setting yourself up for turnovers. And so like, this is, this is a ground and pound type of game, I think. Um, and, and taking advantage of those linebackers in a bunch of different ways. And we'll see how Minnesota can do that. Um, what do you think about like, what do you, okay. With that in mind, what are your expectations for the passing game? I think it'll be better. I think I'm just going to always assume it's going to be better. Even if it proves that it's, not like each week like like last week heading into the lions game for example i thought oh justin jefferson's gonna have a bounce back performance i'm gonna feel like that this week um and probably until further notice just because i think justin jefferson is one of the best receivers in the league even if he hasn't proven that through three weeks of the nfl season um my expectation week in week out is that justin jefferson's going to win um because he's really good i know marshawn Lattimore is another elite corner that he's going to have to go against. But just watching Justin Jefferson play over the course of two years, I think the sample size is greater than the last two weeks that we've saw where, where he's gotten beat. I will be interested to see how, like I I made note of this earlier, like how Kevin O'Connell adjusts and adapts and tries to get him the ball. But when you look at like, okay, Adam Thielen had, had a, had a better game. Uh, KJ Osborne obviously had the two catches um, down the stretch against Detroit. uh, The one that obviously stood up as the game winner. Thielen, his usage in the offense seems to have gone up over the past game and a half. I'm interested to see how they use KJ Osborne. And, and, and I think when you see things like he did in, in the dynamic plays that he can make in the passing game, 
I think it's kind of silly to not try and feature him a little, um, probably because you you have an idea of what's coming for Justin Jefferson. You probably know KJ Osborne's going to be singled up on their nickel a lot of the time, um, just because he plays the number three receiver position. Um, so I, I'm interested, like this week, to to see, you know, how, how that passing attack looks across the board, but also like with an, with more of an acute focus on like how are they trying to get KJ Osborne involved. Um, I agree with you. I think that the game is going to be won if the Vikings do it on the ground. I think they're going to need to establish, you know, that precedent up front. Um, and then I think the offense itself can take form after that. Um, but I would anticipate the passing game looking a little better than it has in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Like, I think we're both really interested to see. Okay. Um, is this the KJ Osborne breakout? Like, was that last drive? Is that what sparked it? Um, is that what kind of sparked everything um, to get him going in, in the game? Like, to make him the integral part of the offense? Was that where they're like, okay, yep, okay, we saw it from KJ. That's his breakout moment. And now here we go from here. We think it should be, uh, but we don't always know if it will be. Uh, the one I think, like, biggest thing for Kirk and this being a game where he could play well is. Frankly, through three weeks, the Saints haven't gotten home. Like their pressure percentage is one of the worst in football. I think they've pressured the passer on 13% of passing plays. Um, they don't really bring a lot of heat. They do kind of have more, you know, rely on the coverage. Um, they only blitz 17% of the time. So like they do sit back. Um, and it is like, okay, beat our secondary. And teams haven't really done that with much success thus far, but that is generally the recipe of success for Kirk Cousins is to be able to sit there and process and, uh, you know, not face pressure and where you're kind of scrambling. So we'll see if that works out. Like it's the same strategy. The Saints have a lot of success doing that, but it could play into the Vikings hands to some degree, because certainly when like we've seen pressure up the middle time and again has been what takes down Minnesota's offense. When Kirk Cousins has time, like like you're right, like he he's able to to kind of dissect opposing defenses um, to a degree, but it's it's when he when when the pressure gets home, that's when he really starts to feel it. Um, so if if like you said that the pressure rate is down for the Saints, um, across, you know, early in this season, maybe that does open up the door for Kirk to kind of stand in a little bit, uh, you know, and and kind of be. A, that that guy who can just make those throws and and you know deliver the ball to Justin Jefferson on time or get KJ Osborne involved. Um, look, as much as we harp on Kirk Cousins, like we've always said, like he's accurate and and he's capable of of leading an offense. But when there's pressure, he 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 tends to shut down. So if there's less pressure this week, you would assume that that maybe he's going to look a little better. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, hopefully he gets some sleep on the plane on, on on Thursday and Friday night. It is one of those things where it's like, okay, the Saints might take away Justin Jefferson. They might put on Lattimore in bracket coverage. <clears throat> I don't I, I don't know if in that situation, like force feeding Jefferson is the way to play. But if you do have time to sit in there um, and and go away from Jefferson, like, can you go through your actual progressions? Can you find like, okay, Adam Thielen's open here. KJ Osborne's here. Can it be less of, Justin Jefferson, no check down. Can we see like less of that? Can we push the ball down the field to other guys? Like, 
that is what I would be wanting if I'm Kevin O'Connell. Can like Kirk, okay, we're protecting enough here. Um, the Saints are like solid at the defensive tackle position. They get some pressure there. But like if they're only bringing four, your offensive line should hold up pretty well. Does that open things up to be like, okay, even if option one is taken away, can we more consistently and effectively use options two and three? Um, I think that's going to be really big. Like if KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen aren't playing big roles in this offense, more than just like the safety valve Thielen play, more than just like KJ Osborne late in the game, like, okay, we need to play right now. Um, If it can be more consistent, then I think that's more hope for this offense um, that maybe things are progressing along.